0: Welcome to LOA Today, Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Thursday, July the 26th, 2018, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, your second daily dose of Happy for the Day, and my second daily dose, too. I have lots of daily doses. I have have doses all week long. I mean, I'm like overdosing. I'm I'm happy here, and I'm loving it.
1: (laughs) Can you ever really overdose unhappy? Let's let's think on that. (laughs) I guess
0: you really can't. No, not when you come down to it. But I will say this. I I wonder sometimes if I'm addicted to it because I look forward so much to it that, you know, it, it almost makes you wonder, am I, like, you know, chemically dependent upon doing these podcasts every day? But on the other hand, where's where's the downside of the trip? So maybe it doesn't matter.
1: Well, you know, there are some people who are almost addicted to going to the gym
0: mm-hmm.
1: or to running. Um You know, or other kinds of things like that. And I don't know anybody who says, oh, you're going to have to stop that. You know, you need to go to rehab. (laughs) You go to the gym. I mean, if if it's it's like
0: extreme skiing or something like that, you might want to be careful. But, uh, yeah, as long as there's no real harm to be involved in it, great. Go for it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, you know, if it feels good, I mean, truly feels good, that's the marker of whether it's good for you. And even if it's extreme skiing or jumping out of airplanes or doing things that could appear very dangerous to average people or normal people or the majority of people, if it feels really good to you, do it. And if it takes your life out quickly, well, that's your choice.
0: Apparently, yeah, because there are people who have been really expert skiers who have done extreme skiing and died under the, the, the attempt. But that doesn't stop others from continuing to do it. And I think it's just because they love it so much. I mean, probably and part of it is an adrenaline were, rush, but there's probably more to yeah, that. Yeah,
1: and you know. if you if you asked them after they had died, if you knew that this last ski thing would have taken your life, would you have done something different? My guess is they would have said no. The thrill and the adventure is what life is all about, and I live life to the fullest.
0: I, I can see that answer. That's possible for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go ahead, Walt. If you feel addicted to feeling happy, you go right ahead. (laughs) I'll I'll
0: just try to avoid mainstreaming it or mainlining it, I should say, into my arm. I'll try to avoid that. But other than that. (laughs) What
1: what would that mean? Uh, I'm not quite
0: sure what it means. It's a very bad analogy with with, uh, shooting heroin. So I'll just kind of drop it there.
1: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) okay. We'll let it go then. Yeah. I'm, oh, cool. I'm just trying to
0: wind my humor machine up, and and it, it's kind of you know it, it needs some some grease in the gears. So you know just just there was ahead. a
1: foul on that last wind. Up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that <was the>
0: <laughs> pretty much. So that's how I'm doing. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing quite wonderful now that it is official that I've resigned from my job. Um, the level of peace and calm that I have in my soul is just. Incredible! It's grand. It is so big. Um, I won't even ask I, how it is because your
0: answer is always that it's normal. So we'll just skip that part.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact that it's grand and big is really like exciting to me. So I can be calm and excited at the same time. Because oh, okay. I have peace right. in my soul, but emotionally, I feel like pretty ecstatic that this is where I'm at. I've waited a long time to get to this point, and like wow it didn't feel like I thought how it would feel um because like my my general answer it feels normal it feels comfortable and after I asked the question yesterday um like how does this feeling come about and the fact that I say normal what is that an indicator of and I said well I think it's an indicator of being aligned and I've spent time really focusing on that And every time I ask the question, is that really what it is? My guidance is coming back to me. Yep, that's it. This is what life is supposed to feel like. Normal life is supposed to feel easy, calm, no concern, just all all lights are green, normal. Um, um, Gosh, there's a word here.
0: You're doing pretty well with the metaphors. You know,
1: well, I was going to say, here's, a, here's a, I don't know if I have a word for this. Maybe there isn't one in English. But living life in the now, without concern for the future, without worry, but knowing that everything I need to know is coming to me. I don't know if there's a word for that.
0: I think it's called confidence. I don't know. I mean, because uh, oh. confidence is, is, is like a, a certainty without necessarily having evidence in advance.
1: Okay, the, here's what just dropped into my, my gut. This is what well-being is.
0: Well-being, yeah, that's even better. I like that.
1: This is well-being. Yeah. I in such a state of well-beingness that I feel confident in my now. Mm-hmm. I have confidence for my future. I want for nothing. Oh, that feels really good. That's
2: very good. I
1: want, I want for nothing. Everything that I could ever desire, I know is within my now. it's it just feels so cool. And I've never felt this way before. So project X has helped to precipitate me coming to this new feeling. And it's not just the feeling that is connected to project X, which has to do with my career. I have this feeling about everything. I have this feeling when I think about a relationship, it's like I've been checking in with my inner being on a regular basis. And um, my new guy is there. It's like, it's done. And because I, my, my guy and I are going to be such a great match. And, you know, I'll just be, I mean, I, I think if I say this, it's not going to come as any great surprise. I'm not your average typical female in terms of who I am and where I am in my life and what my beliefs are, my ability to, you know, uh, deliberately create my desire for building an empire. That's kind of like, okay, someone to match me, that person's got to be really have, they have to have really done their own internal work and be really unique to, to be a match for me. Would you, kind of sort of agree?
0: Well, either that or else they've got to be somebody who wants to be like you, and that's why they become a client.
1: But they can't want to be like me and become a client. I n- would never want to be in a relationship with someone who's my client.
0: Oh, no, no, I don't mean, oh, okay, I, I, I'm sorry. i sorry. I was thinking in terms of of you as a person, not you in terms of a relationship with somebody else. So, sorry, oh, skip that. Oh, and I'm
1: looking for the relationship. Yeah, and I get so it, I've okay. Been, I've been asking for guidance lately about my guy. Mm-hmm. And I've said, you know, is he ready for me? And the answer was no. And I'm like,
2: hmm. Okay, that can so happen.
1: <laughs> is, he still, is he still working to become my match? And I've gotten yes.
0: Ah, yes. Okay. Because
1: at first I was only asking about me. Like, am I ready for a relationship? And I got yes. And do I match what I'm looking for? And I got a yes. Like, okay, cool. Because, you know, for a long time, I had a desire of what I wanted in a relationship, but I wasn't that woman yet.
0: well, It's also interesting, because what you're describing here is a situation where Mr. X has already been selected by the universe, even though he's not ready yet.
1: That's how I'm getting it. That's that's the guy that's coming to me like, oh, no, he's there. And so, but for a long time, I was only taking care of me, because that's my job. That's me staying in my lane. Mm -hmm. And you know i've heard for a long time if you want to be ready for the person you really desire you have to become that person first so you can match to the one that you want so i'm like okay so for a while i've been getting yes you've done your work yes you are you're now a match to what you desire and i'm like okay so where is he and somehow that question didn't get answered so i went okay <laughs> let's try asking it differently and i got is he ready for me And the answer was no. And I said, is he not yet a match? And the answer is no. I said, is he working on it? And the answer is yes. And is it going to be a long time? The answer was no. I'm like, I do really good with yes, no, by the way. Um, How
0: much I know because you've been telling me that one for quite some
1: time. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay. And so it's like, well, what do I do while he's he's marinating, (laughs) while he's doing (laughs) his thing? And it's like, just keep moving on with other parts of your life and know that it's done. Know that he's on his way, and I'm like, okay, so it's, something's not going to get screwed up, and you know, like all of a sudden he's going to put the brakes on and not want to like emotionally evolve, and I go No, It's, it's all good. <laughs> like, no, it's all good. I'm like, okay, cool. And then a couple of days ago, and this really does have to do with me expanding on how well being is this very cool new thing that I'm experiencing. And so the other day, I was um, talking to Rhonda on the phone, and I said, "Oh, because we were talking about relationships," and I said, "Oh, this cool idea came to me." You know how like i you know I've been in relationships before, and I said, you know, when I've been in relationships and we're not living together and I'm not married to them, you know, it's kind of been a common thing where before we go to sleep, one of them texts, one of us texts the other, wishing the other a good night. She goes, oh, yeah, I've certainly done that in relationships. And I said, I just felt tonight I want to, and this was like last week, to start with as I go to bed, saying good night to him and letting him know I'm thinking about him. Because what I know is energetically, we pick up on those signals. Hmm. And I, I want him to feel my presence. So I want to start making an energetic connection from me personally versus the universe orchestrating it. So he starts to feel me kind of like, oh, here's an interesting metaphor. Like when a woman is pregnant and the mom and dad start talking to the woman's stomach so that the baby starts to recognize their voices. Mm-hmm. It's all energetic, you know. And so I'm like, that's kind of what I started to do with my guy is I've started to connect with him energetically and I've started saying goodnight and, you know, you, you almost sent, like
0: you're sending a source energy text message.
1: You could say that. <laughs> <laughs> you could totally say that. So my career, you know, trajectory going beautifully, feeling the comfort of it. My man plan, you know, having a new relationship, it's underway. I'm feeling great about it. You know, the things I want to do with my body and, and have it reshaped and reformed, and and have new beliefs about how I interact with it. You know, that one is not um, as mature in the progression as the other two. But yet I feel it as well. Also, um, I feel a sense of well-being. Like there's nothing to beat beat myself up over. There's nothing I have to do. It's all good. I'm like this is really what life is supposed to be like, huh? Nice. There's, I sure didn't expect this feeling, but I do love it. So that's I, interesting. For, to I'm going to call, say that. I'm gonna call yeah. it right now. Well-being.
0: Okay. But but that's still interesting that you said that, that you didn't expect that feeling. Because that's exactly what I, I mean, when I think about well-being, that's exactly what I'm expecting. And and I guess I'm surprised, that's all.
1: Well, so, like, have you had moments where you've been able to say to yourself, wow, this is well-being, I'm feeling well-being?
0: Yeah, oh, sure. They, they, They haven't been, they've been more transient than I wanted them to be, but sure, oh, yeah.
1: Well, and that's what I'm saying for me, too. Of course, I've had moments where I'll say, "Ooh, this feels really good. This, you know, I feel like I'm in a state of well-being. It's just that it doesn't last long or it hadn't lasted long. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I've been in a state of well-being for quite a while over certain things. But like the major things that are really important to me, it wasn't there because I was still um, trying to control them. And so when I try to control that which the universe already has under its own planning, I'm actually throwing resistance in there. So I'm like that's interrupting true. well-being.
0: And it's so easy to do because uh, we all do it. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. There, I don't think there's anybody who hasn't done that. So it, we're all familiar with it. But by the same token, when we're doing it, it's not like we're thinking, oh, geez, I'm going to throw some sand in the engine. That, that's not the way we think about it. <laughs>
1: You know earlier today, I was thinking about this feeling and how I just know that everything I need is already being provided for me, and there's a level of trust that I have now that I'm now acknowledging and i asked i kind of was uh, see when I say i ask I ask the universe, I ask myself, I ask my inner being i'm not I'm not addressing my question to anyone specific. I ask a question with an expectation that an answer will show up.
2: Okay.
0: okay.
1: So I asked the question, well, what has prevented me from having this level of trust before? And the response was because I didn't really have a model for this because it was always my station in life. It was always the choosing of me that I was the one who did the stuff for other people. And so I, like, I would say to someone, you got it. Don't worry about it. It's handled because if I say I'm going to do it, it's as good as done. And I've said that to people. I've said that to people at work. You know, people ask, you know, can you do such and such for me or how do I do this and I'll say, I got this covered. I know who to contact. I will follow it through until it's resolved and then I will let let you know once it's accomplished, but consider it done. And I know the people on my team are very grateful when I say and do that. And they really know through experience with me, I really do follow up on everything I say I'm going to follow up on. And I always let them know when it's done. And so they know amongst themselves they can trust me. And I know they know that because the last couple of people that I've onboarded, meaning people who were brand new hires and I kind of get them acclimated to the job, um, they'll tell me, oh, I spoke to so-and-so. And they said, just do whatever Wendy says to do because it will make your life easier.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: And I'm like, wow. And it wasn't like I've heard that just once. And I and I know they're all talking to different people because we have like 48 sure. people on the team. And I'm like, wow, I have really branded myself as a trustable individual. And when I say I'm going to do it, I am listen to the wisdom that I share about the job because it will make people's life easier because that had always been my intention.
0: Well, reputation is everything. You've just proven that.
1: Yes, and but I started to think about, but have I ever had a Wendy in my life that I could trust so completely that when they say they're going to do it, I can just let go of the reins and know they're going to do it.
0: In other words, you're saying and it's my turn.
1: Well, the answer was no. I've never had someone like that in my life.
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: And that's why I have been, if, if you will, such a control freak. Okay. Because nobody in my life was trustable enough that they said that they really always followed through. You know, people sometimes said, oh, sure, I'll do it. And then I'll find out later, oh, they completely forgot and dropped the ball. Oops. So – I went a step further and instead of just be like, oh, poor me, I've never had a Wendy in my life to trust. (laughs) I said, all right. So surely there's been somebody or something, some entity that I have been able to trust because I want to be able to compare or I want to know what that feeling is. And then I thought about my plumber. I know odd thing, but I've, this particular plumber has been in my life for over 10 years. Whatever plumbing needs I've had, I have always known he will treat me well he'll he'll charge me fairly, and that when he starts working on something, he will investigate the problem not just haphazardly but in but thoroughly. so it's not like he'll just take care of a symptom he will find out why it's occurring, so if there's an underlying issue. He'll take care of that, and he'll take care of the symptoms. And when it's all said and done, he will even leave me with a very clean environment. He'll, he'll pick up all his stuff. He'll never leave stuff behind. <laughs> and when it's all done, no matter what it costs me, I will feel like I trusted him. I know it was done, and I feel good about whatever I pay him. And he was just over the other day. And I so it was like I was able to go, yeah, I really feel that way about him. And then I was thinking, and I feel that way about my air conditioning repair guys. Because I think I, I shared a couple weeks ago that my air conditioner had gone out. And it happened at 10, I, when I was really aware it was, bro, it was broken. It was a Friday night at 10 o'clock p.m. Well, I don't know if they, can, if they work on the weekend. But I'm like, I don't want to be at 110 degrees in my house. So I sent an email, a voicemail, and a text message. And that was at 10 o'clock at night. And I did go to sleep. It was a little warm, but I had fans on me. I wasn't going to die. But I also didn't want to go the whole next day with the the sun getting hotter and hotter. At 2.22 in the morning, he responded to my email and said, I'll have someone there tomorrow between 8 and 10 a.m.
0: I remember, yeah
1: technician came, fixed it by 1030. It was working again. Mm. And that's the kind of trust that I knew that when I got the message out to them, I knew they would respond as soon as they could. I didn't know exactly when, but I knew it wouldn't be delayed. I knew they would respond over the weekend. I didn't even know if they could come out over the weekend, but I knew that I could count on them to take care of the problem for me. And I'm like, wow. And so little did I know, I actually do have examples in my life, not of like coworkers or family that I trusted that way, but I have these people. I mean, they're like family-run businesses. I know the owners of the company because those are the ones that work with me. And so I'm like, huh, I do know what that feels like. I mm-hmm. do have some Wendy's in my life. And that somehow made me feel so much better.
0: <laughs> it's also interesting, too, The Wendy's in your life all seem to be service persons.
1: Yes. <laughs> and then, once I had that uh, that acknowledgement, then I was able to start to think about, and I went, oh, well, wait a minute. I know that my sister, but I have two sisters, that their word is gold. Ah. But I don't think I'd ever really thought of them like that. I went, that's pretty interesting.
2: Mm.
1: And then mm. I thought, you know, my brother, he's had his ups and down moments, but in a pinch somebody that if I call I know I can count on him and I went, huh so right now even as we're talking Walt I'm one I don't know why I never saw that okay, so now I just got the answer to that because I had such a strong belief that nobody could do for for me what I could do for them. that's why I had to be in control that's what kept me being in control a continued. Practice
0: and it sounds like because it's also what a belief, it sounds like it's also what kept uh people away who might have been Wendy's or at least away from your awareness.
1: Good point because I had a belief nobody can do it as good as me, yeah. Well, I'm over it. Ray, I'm over it because one, I know that the universe does it better than me, mm. two, I have the magnificence. See, now the service people that was kind of easier to trust them because. I don't know air conditioning. I mm-hmm. don't know plumbing. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had to trust somebody, you know, and I've had some really bad service people, but it's like I got better energy eventually, and now I have really awesome people. Well, plus it's either um, that or
0: else go take an HVAC course, and that's probably not something you want to do, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really was not into that. Yeah. But, um it is really cool. To, I, I love the point that both of you and I are making is because that I had such a powerful belief that nobody can do it as good as me. That blocked me. Yeah. Having other people that I call a Wendy show up in my life.
0: I continue to be amazed how often we put up resistances that we don't know that we're even putting up. I mean, that's an example yeah. of one. You didn't even know it was there.
1: mm And really, for me, how I began to break it, I mean, this was just my path everybody else's would be different is because I started trusting the universe mm. to orchestrate my new career on my behalf.
0: That's a big thing to do.
1: The huge thing to do.
0: Yeah.
1: But you, and I do really trust. I, I have such an incredible trust right now. It's like, wow.
0: And I envy so In a way
1: it's new for me. In a way it's new. Mm-hmm. And in a way it's been there all along. I just didn't really have an enough awareness of it to trust it.
0: Yeah. And I think what's happening over time with all of us is we are developing that trust. I mean, those of us who study the law of attraction, certainly, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for how much can I really trust that this crazy LOA thing is actually going to be the way that source is going to deliver to me what I want. When my previous experience told me, well, you have to work hard for it. You have to put your nose to the grindstone. You have to do all these other things that society tells you to do. It's not easy to make the change.
1: Not. It's all what we choose.
0: Although perhaps maybe I should stop saying it's not easy. <laughs>
1: good, good catch. Yeah, right. Very, <laughs> good catch. Very good catch. I was watching some webinar yesterday or the day before and they had a slide deck up and you know, it was like they were narrating but you could see the words mm-hmm. on their slides. Right. And I know t- what caught my attention was this person said, it's not easy to blah, blah, blah. And I laughed and I went, wow, that's how I language things on purpose. Mm. Because if I want to talk about something that's difficult, I choose not to articulate it by saying, well, this is going to be really hard. I'll say, this is not necessarily easy. Because unconsciously, that allows a person actually to focus on easy. mm mm-hmm. Like, how can I move towards easy instead of, oh, it's hard? Yeah, using the <laughs> so language just,
0: to get you going in the right direction, really.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, anyway, I, I just happened to catch that and I went, oh, I like when other people do that. <laughs> you know, I, not that, because not that I want to, I don't want to be the only one doing it, but it's like, I like that I, I'm not alone in this. There are other yeah. people that are purposely, you know, uh, languaging things in the direction that they're hoping the people will go.
0: It and certainly so makes cool. language more simplified. I've, I've noticed that a lot. I've, I've been kind of on a thing lately where um, whenever I, I hear something, like when we're reading from Abraham books and, and with a number of the co-hosts now, I'm reading from Abraham books. And, and we come to a section where Abraham maybe frames something in a double negative and And it's now gotten to the point where my mind starts turning into a positive really quickly. And when I do turn it into the positive, I notice that the positive version is about four words shorter than the negative version. Everything gets simplified when you look at it in the positive and when you express it in the positive. It's amazing. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Even if it's nothing more (laughs) than just removing two negative words, you've still shortened it and it's still simpler. Mm -hmm. And it's easier to identify with, too. That's the other thing. The feeling comes through more clearly when you express it as a positive than when you express it as two negatives that reverse each other.
1: And I'll just throw this in, and I know this through my NLP studies, there are purposeful times to use a double negative. Such as? Um, When I'm working with a client, if they're really solidly in their head and they're having a hard time feeling, um, I'll start asking a series of questions. And sometimes I'll ask, and I do them kind of in rapid succession, where I ask the question, Give them just enough time to answer, but before they do, I ask the next question, and mm-hmm. this is purposeful. And then when I start doing that, and I do double negatives, they'll, it's very common for them to go, okay, well, now I'm like really confused. Sure. And that was my point.
2: Oh, to confuse? Because when I
1: can get, some, when I can get someone in a state of confusion, it gets them out of their head where they know what they're going to say, oh, and I they see. keep just giving me pat answers.
0: It breaks the pattern. Okay.
1: It breaks the pattern. So when I get them a bit confused, they're kind of off-centered, and now I can start working with them in a way that we actually start making progress. So I use double negatives in situations like that purposefully, um, but in normal conversation I usually don't, unless sometimes I want to throw somebody off balance even in normal conversation.
0: I can't remember what movie it was, but I remember there was a movie in which one character – Uttered a whole stream of double, triple, quadruple negatives at the other character. The other character paused for a second and said, I'll work that out when I have a week or two. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, kind of like, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to come up with a silly example. Like when would you not want to avoid doing the thing that you don't really like doing?
0: Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> because if I, and, and I'll be honest with you, I learned how to structure those sentences. But now I don't even know what they mean anymore. <laughs> I set my aunt, I'll my i just kind of tap in to my inner being like, okay, I want to create one of those sentences, let the words just flow out of my mouth. And that's what I did just now, because I don't even know what that means.
0: <laughs> so if you feel a need to be confused out of the pattern that you're in, go to wendydillard.com. <laughs>
1: But you know what? While we're on the subject, because we are there, let me tell you what the um, benefit of confusion is. Oh, okay. I mean, did you ever think there was a benefit of confusion?
0: Uh, The only benefit I can think of is that when I'm in confusion, I want very much to be out of it. Other than that, I I haven't a clue.
1: Well, if you think about a cube you know, like a, a nine-dimensional square, okay, a, a cube. And you think about any given subject, let's call it uh, relationships. The cube, to me, the way I'm using it in this illustration, represents the paradigm or all the things we believe about relationships fit inside this cube. Okay, following me so far?
0: Uh, I think so, except I believe a cube is, has six sides.
1: A cube, one, two, three, four. Okay, you're right. A cube has six sides. So it's a three-dimensional square.
0: Okay. That's a cube. Yep.
1: <laughs> and I won't even mention how many sides because I got that wrong. Because okay, I was trying so, to work out
0: nine-dimensional. I said, okay, let's see. Wait, hang on a second.
1: <laughs> well, we're talking about confusion, so I did It worked very well, yeah.
0: <laughs> Completely derailed me, I have to say.
1: <laughs> so we have this cube. And everything we think, every thought, every belief, every example, every piece of evidence about relationships, we fit inside this cube. Okay, okay, now do I have us on the same page? Yep. So let's say we're talking about relationships, but you feel a little stuck or stagnated and you're wanting to get some new perspective that will help move you into um, a better flow with attracting the kind of relationships in your life you want. And I'm not just talking about love relationships, I'm talking about work relationships, friend relationships, every kind of relationship. Well, if you, if you have felt stuck, the reason you're stuck is because the answer is outside of that cube. Mm. But you mm. don't know how to get to it. Okay. So if I purposely, well, let's forget the purpose. If you're just feeling confused, what that really means is you have reached the limit, and each one of those walls of the cube represents a limit. You've reached your limits of what you know. Okay. And so it's almost like when people say they bang their head against the wall, it's like they <laughs> bang their head against their, their their internal paradigm.
0: All six walls, actually.
1: All six walls. They bang their head, and they just don't know how to find what they want, because it's not inside that cube. And boy,
0: do they have a headache.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so if you're in a state of confusion, it means it's like you're running around just banging your head against all of those walls. And if you're really persistent, eventually you bust through one of the walls, which actually expands your paradigm and you find what you're looking for. Because it's outside those old walls, but it lives within a larger paradigm.
0: Provided you don't knock yourself out. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hopefully that doesn't happen. Maybe, if you're, wearing, maybe you're wearing a football helmet.
1: <laughs> so we don't really wear a football helmet. We're don't really we not really inside walls. It's oh, okay. All okay. An illusion. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's all an illusion. <laughs> but the idea is when you're in a state of confusion, that's actually the step before clarity.
0: Oh, I see what you mean. Yes, that's true.
1: And the confusion serves to cause you to ask a multitude of questions to cause you to break through your existing paradigm where the answer doesn't live, to break through the paradigm to where the answer does live.
0: So in other words, you're you're almost describing um, confusion as being a form of, of contrast, and the contrast is the stimulant to make you want to expand to your next level of expansion.
1: So I look at confusion as a really good state. Okay. So when a client says to me, well, I'm just really confused. And I say, good. <laughs> I can just hear their brain going, why what the, the heck hell I are, are you talking her? About? And she's saying I'm, my confusion is good. And then I tell them, well, clarity's on its way. That's what confusion means. That's how I've, you know, it may not be in the, dictionary if you look online but to me the <laughs> definition of confusion is the step right before clarity
0: okay so I'm trying to think how do I use that I mean I know you use it as if if you if you find yourself in a state of confusion you know that you're uh, one or two questions away from achieving clarity because all you have to do is unravel that confusion in some way is that, is well, that the general idea me-
1: Well, I know how to inflict confusion purposely. That's what I was actually talking about. Yeah, that's that's true. But I was trying
0: to be nice about it.
1: (laughs) If you find yourself in a state of confusion, and we all do from time to time, Mm -hmm. instead of feeling like, ouch, my head is bruised from banging my head against the wall, Mm. I say stop banging and start asking more questions with the knowledge and the hopefulness that, oh, Confusion is a step right before clarity. So clarity is on its way. And sometimes just by shifting from, oh, I'm so confused, to, oh, clarity is on its way. Those are two different vibrations.
0: They certainly are. That's true.
1: And just by saying, okay, so how do I reach the clarity that I'm seeking? Because if I'm confused, it means I've run out of answers. I've used up everything I know within my knowledge base. So okay, I need something new. Bring it on. Okay. And when you shift in that vibration, it always shows up.
0: So what you're really talking about is noticing confusion for the purpose of kind of stopping yourself and allowing yourself to remember some basic things. One, like you said, you're close to the clarity. And two, the way to get there is to, what, to focus on on the, the whatever questions you can come up with that help to remove the confusion, I'm not sure exactly how to describe this next step.
1: Well, you, you don't need to remove the confusion. The confusion goes away on its own. Okay. When when you get a new thought that's outside of your existing paradigm,
0: when uh, finish, that sounds like an unf, unfinished sentence, that's why I'm I'm kind of waiting for the other half, like the other shoe to drop.
1: No, that was a finished sentence to me. So what, Okay. Start...
0: <laughs> start again. Okay, let's see.
1: <laughs> so where are you confused, Walt? <laughs> if I knew that, I wouldn't party? be confused. <laughs> you know what? We don't do this on purpose, and yet we do. I mean, like, we don't, you and I don't, like, have a script on how to do this.
0: <laughs> I don't know if the script could be this good, actually. <laughs>
1: Okay, so what is it you're wanting to know that you don't feel like you yet do?
0: I I was just trying to define the steps that you take when you recognize you're confused and you recognize first that this is one step away from clarity. So what steps do you follow at that point? I'm I'm trying to define it as a formula.
1: Oh, well, and I guess I've never thought of it in terms of a formula. I'm looking at it more in terms of look, consider that there's a silver lining when you find yourself in a state of confusion. Because most people, when they're in confusion, just get very frustrated. Mm. So if just having listened to this conversation, what you take away from it is, oh, I didn't realize that confusion is necessary sometimes to gain clarity. Then if you can focus on, oh, clarity is on its way. Sometimes that's enough. But if you want to do more, then ask for clarifying questions and focus more on the clarity than the confusion.
0: And that's sort of like a chicken and egg problem because if you're in confusion, how do you focus on the clarity?
1: Well, you're not fo- well, when you're in confusion, You can stay in confusion by saying, I'm confused. I don't like this. This is frustrating. I've tried this over and over again. Or you can say, I know I've tried everything over and over again, but you know, there's something I haven't yet tried. I don't yet know what it is, but I know it exists because whenever there's confusion, there's also clarity. Whenever you have a problem in just in the very fact that there's a problem, the solution has also been created simultaneously. So how do I get to the clarity? How do I get to the the results?
0: So you're starting to ask and your questions at that thing-
1: point. Pardon me?
0: So you're starting to ask the questions at that point.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of goes back to when I told you that the guy who was doing the webinar, he really wanted to talk about something that's pretty hard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. he said, this is not necessarily easy. And the distinction between saying this is hard and this is not necessarily easy is the same correlation as confusion to to clarity. Hmm. They're two sides Hmm. of the same stick. Okay. Which one do you focus on?
0: So in other words... If we take the Abraham approach, because the Abraham approach is that every stick is, is, is every toilet stick is the thing and the lack of a thing. So mm-hmm. in this case, the toilet stick is clarity and lack of clarity, and lack of clarity equals confusion.
1: Yes.
0: Okay. So yes. That make, that makes sense. Because certainly so when you're confused, your... you're definitely lacking clarity. <laughs> there is no doubt about right. that.
1: So if you're, and... You know, the word confusion in your scenario could also be synonymous with non-clarity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. Yeah,
1: and I'm yeah. I'm saying, look in the direction of that which you desire, which is the clarity.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Instead of on the the non-clarity side,
0: which means you're getting so back to like, you're getting back to the more simplified forms of expression. That, that I mean, we we're, we're talking about the double negative. Double negative tends to be confusing all by itself because it tends to distract us from the essence of the thing that we're looking for, whereas expressing it in the more positive makes it more clear in the positive. At least I think yeah. so, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I think we have a formula going here. That's good.
1: All right. You got it. I think we, we got that one. <laughs> I, I think this is
0: actually tied to what was in the book next, too.
1: Isn't it
0: always? It usually is, yeah. I mean, the book, of course, that we've been reading is The Law of Attraction, The Basics of the Teachings of Abraham by Esther and Jerry Hicks. And we're in the Mm -hmm. part five on segment intending, the last part of the book. We're on a topic that's entitled, Why Do Most Settle for So Little? Mm -hmm. And I think it ties in with what you were talking about, about confusion, because... Like you said, when most people, when they're in confusion, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but the gist of it was when you're in confusion, you, you kind of end up getting stuck there. And you don't really go anywhere, and you don't really know how to mm-hmm. climb out of it. And, and so most people just kind of, it's almost like they freeze up or something. And, and that to me sounds like somebody who, because they don't really know what else to do, they're settling for where they are.
1: Very true, very true. And most people, because they don't know how to get out of it, just think that what is is what's supposed to be, mm-hmm. and they they do settle for what is.
0: So you're stuck in inside your cube, we, your metaphorical cube. You're yeah. stuck in there, and that's what is, and so that's all there can be.
1: Because they don't realize that they actually have the power to expand the cube mm. to where something better exists.
0: Well, then let's let's find out exactly what Abraham has to say, and we'll 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 see how well it matches. I I have a feeling it's going to match up pretty well. But uh, Jerry asked the question, he says, Abraham, we live in in a nation where almost everyone is able to eat every day and has a place to live and has clothing. Almost everyone at least gets by in some way. I meet people who say, you know, I have enough to get by, but somehow I can't build up my desires strong enough to bring anything major or special into my life. What would you say to a person in that situation? Yeah, that really does tie in with what you've been talking about because your your Project X has been all about bringing in the big desires, the major desires.
1: And Abraham responds by saying, it is not that you do not desire more, but you have somehow convinced yourself that you cannot have more. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. you want to avoid the disappointment of wanting something and not getting it. It's not because you do not want it that you are not receiving what you want. It's because you are focusing upon the lack of it. And by the law of attraction, you are attracting the subject of your thought, which happens to be the the lack of it. Whenever you want something and then you say, but I have wanted it and I did not get it. Now your attention is upon the lack of what you want. And so by law, you are attracting the lack. Whenever you are thinking about what you want, you are feeling exhilarated and, and feeling excited and you are feeling p- positive emotion. But if you are thinking about the lack of what you want, you are feeling negative emotion and you're feeling disappointment. Now, I'm going to jump in here. Oftentimes, we're focused on two things at the same time and we don't always recognize when we're feeling the negative piece.
0: Um, you know what I'm saying, Walt? Give me an example.
1: Well, so here they're saying whenever you're thinking about what you want, you are feeling exhilarated and you're feeling excited and you're feeling positive emotion. But as you are thinking about the lack of what you want, you are feeling the negative emotion. You are feeling, okay, you are feeling disappointment. Okay, so I think I misunderstood that. So forget what I said.
0: Okay, well, I, I mean, I think there's a certain degree of truth here. I I don't think you can actually feel two things at the same time, but we do like to multitask. And I know I have done this. I know other people do this where, you know, you, you say there's this beautiful benefit going on here, but there's also this downside, but there's, there's this beautiful benefit, but there's also this downside going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and right.
1: forth. That's kind of what I thought they were saying, but they're not. They were just juxtaposing two two different things. When yeah. you're feeling, when you're, when you're thinking about what you want, you're feeling how good it'll be. But when on the other side, if you're thinking about what you don't want, you're thinking about how bad it's going to feel. Right. So then they, they go on to say the disappointment that you are feeling is your emotional guidance system saying to you, you're giving thought to that which you do not want. And so we would say, allow yourself to want a little, put your thought upon what you want, feel the positive emotion that comes forth from wanting and let the disappointment go away. And in your giving thought to what you want, you will attract it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. Hey, guess what? We have somebody calling in. Cool. We have a listener who's decided to join us, and I don't know if they have a question or if they have some insight to share, or maybe they just want to say hello, but uh, they're from area code 412. Let's find out who is there. Who's calling in today? Hello. Are you there? Hmm. I hear a lot of uh, muffled sounds there. I think I'm going to come back in a moment and we'll just we'll, we'll we'll let that hang for a bit. I'm not sure if this was somebody who was generally trying to talk or if there was a technical issue or what. All right. So we'll just leave that. We'll,
1: we'll, move, we'll move forward until or unless somebody else comes through.
0: OK. Um, it, caller, if, if you are listening and, and uh, obviously we aren't able to hear you because if you were trying to talk, we couldn't hear it. Um, there's a text box there on the Zoom platform where you're logged in. Uh, although, actually, you can't even see it. You're logged in by phone, so forget that. Ignore that last bit. That doesn't help you at all. You can't do the chat on the Zoom platform when you're called in. <laughs> but uh, if, if you are listening, uh, obviously, we weren't able to hear you. If you, if you want to call and, again, maybe disconnect and, and call in again and see if that clears up whatever the issue is, we'll be glad to talk to you.
1: Okay. Um, so, Walt, I noticed that in this next section, Jerry, Jerry's part is very brief and Abraham's is really long. So why don't you and I, like, take turns every paragraph? Oh, speak?
0: okay. Well, I'll start off with Jerry's question. And I'm, it's not even so much of a question as it is a statement. But, Jerry, this is the uh, subtopic is speak to us about prioritizing our intentions. And Jerry says, you've given Esther and me a process that we've had great results with, and I'd like it if you would elaborate a little bit on it. It is the process you refer to as prioritizing our intentions.
1: And Abraham says, although you do not hold off all of your intentions at one point in one time, you often have many intentions that do all relate to this point in time. For example, you are interacting with your mates and you want clear communication. You want to uplift yourself and you want to uplift your mates. And you may want to influence your mate to what okay, and you may want to influence your mate to want the same. In other words, you want harmony.:
0: And then in italics, it says, it is important for you to identify which intentions you want most to fulfill, because as you prioritize, you give your singular attention to what is most important, and as you give it your singular intention, you attract power onto the intention that is most important to you.
1: So let us say to you, so let us say that you have begun your day, but you have not clearly identified your segments. You have blundered into the day, and most (laughs) do, moving from one thing to another, buffeted by the impulses and desires of others, or by your own old habits. The telephone is ringing, your children are asking for this and that, your mate is asking you questions, and you find yourself not clear about anything but you're moving about in a day that for most is rather normal.
0: (laughs) There's that word again. Not used in the same way, but there's that word again. Now, you find yourself involved in a discussion where you have not taken the time to identify what you want. And let us say you find yourself in a disagreement with either your children or your mate or anyone. It matters not who it is. You feel warning bells coming forth from your inner being. The negative emotion is mounting in you for a number of reasons. You are a little bit mad at yourself for getting into this model because you've not intended clearly. But even beyond that, you're upset because you're in disagreement with what the other person is intending, what the other is stating, or what the other is wanting.
1: And if you catch yourself in that segment and you say, what do I most want right now in this situation? You may recognize that feeling harmony really is your dominant intent, getting along with your wife or your child or whatever. That is, having a harmonious relationship is far more important than this insignificant issue. And as you recognize that harmony is what you want most, suddenly you are clear. Your negative emotion goes away. And as you make a statement such as, wait, let's talk. I don't want to argue. You're my best friend. I want us to have harmony. I want us to be happy together. As you make that statement, you will disarm the other. You will remind the other that, It is the dominant intent of him or her also. And now from your new and focused prioritized intention, which is harmony, you may take a fresh view of this less important subject at hand.
0: And then it finishes up by saying here we will give you a statement that if you will set it forth at the beginning of all segments of your life experience will serve you very well. It goes like this. As I'm entering this segment of life experience, it is my intent to see that which I want to see. And what, will, what that will do when you are interacting with others, it will help you to see that you want harmony, that you want to uplift them, that you want to put across your idea effectively, and that you want to stimulate their desire to one that harmonizes with your desire. That statement will serve you very well. Let me repeat that statement. As I'm entering this segment of life experience, it is my intent to see that which I want to see. Is that what you do? I mean, you've already uh, indicated a few times that you don't really consciously segment intent anymore. You just kind of do it automatically. Is that part of your automatic process?
1: Um, Probably not in those words, but I think I have so many internalized intentions now, Um, you know, some of which is, you know, life is good. I desire things to be easy. I love ease and flow. I love to be in synchronistic. Synchronistic harmony with the universe. You know, I'd love to get out of the universe's way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I have so many of those statements that kind of all boil down to this. I will say, when it comes to relationships, harmony is absolutely at the top of my value list. I desire harmony when I'm I'm in a relationship with anybody, when I'm talking with anybody, Um, whether it's you during this podcast. I desire harmony or whether it's with a coworker or one of my friends, or whether it's with a vendor that I'm calling for them to fix my telephone bill. I want harmony all the time. Okay. So I don't necessarily say that before, let's say I call the telephone company to ask them to fix my bill. Um, It is a dominant intent within me because I have thought it many, many, many times Mm. that I really would prefer harmony. And, I'll tell you, it didn't start that way. It started <laughs> from a ton of contrast, a ton of disagreeable situations, a ton of arguing, a ton of debating, a ton of conflict. And it took me a long time to even articulate what it is I really wanted. I knew I didn't like what I was experiencing, but I hadn't stopped to really articulate what I wanted with harmony until I did. And there was there was a day when I went, what I really want is to get along with people. I really want harmony. I really want peace. I want agreement.
0: <laughs> so over
1: time, that really is what I've created.
0: And I think that the story that you tell is actually a very common one. I know it's true for me, and I suspect it's true for just about everybody who encounters law of attraction teaching for the first time. Because when, when we first try to apply all this stuff, we trip ourselves up in any number of different ways. And then we get frustrated and then we forget about it. And then we go out in the world and we get into an argument with a phone company or whatever it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and, you know, it's funny because while you were reading the last paragraph, the thought that came to mind was. This is really profound stuff. I mean, what Abraham is saying is really, really good. And how many people are really ready to implement what we just read? And I suspect when I read this book, I don't even know how many years ago, I was not ready to implement all of this stuff. But what I do believe is when we read good stuff, when we read, um, you know, the words of Abraham, who are wanting to provide for us a way to live a life of well-being, it can feel very lofty sometimes. Like oh, sure. Well, yeah, okay. that sounds really good, but making it a part of our everyday lives is like a very different subject. Well, plus, I, I know when I I'm,
0: when I read something like this, and and I do that. This is my normal way of reading any book, not just law of attraction books, but any book, especially if it's a factual book or a book that's uh, that's purporting to present factual information. I always read it with a sort of a skeptical mind and it's always, yes, okay, that seems true. No, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, that seems true. I, I'm never reading it from the perspective of do I want to internalize this? That's the last thought that I wanted yeah. to deal with. I'm always, I'm analyzing it, you know. Okay, yeah, I can, I can kind of resonate with that. That part I'm not so sure about. It, it's doing the entire book that way. And then I get through the book and I said, well, okay, but what do I do with it? Because I haven't done anything with it so far. All I've been doing is analyzing it. <laughs> I haven't incorporated any of it yet.
1: So what are you saying about the fact that that's what your strategy has been? Has that worked for you?
0: I'm not sure it's worked. No, I think it's actually worked against me because I usually have to go back and read it again before I do anything. And I I guess what I'm saying is... It's a
1: commentary.
0: Yeah, it's a commentary. It's like like this... It's not only what I do. I suspect other people do the same thing. I don't know how many... But I suspect other people just kind of read stuff circumspectly. Like, I don't really want to commit to any of this stuff yet because it's all kind of woo woo anyway. So I'm just going to, you know, keep this at arm's length and eh, I'll just kind of look at this for a little bit. But we're not ready to just dive right in and start applying it yet. And I know in my case, I had to do quite a bit of reading and rereading before I could say, okay, yeah, let's, let's start doing some of this stuff.
1: Hmm. Well, I can say from my point of view, Um, Which, haha, not surprising, isn't your point of view. (laughs) Say,
0: how about that?
1: Um, My point of view is every time I pick up a book that I consider a self help book, I'm immediately wanting to apply it.
2: Really? Wow. Um,
1: Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not like not skeptical, but I don't come to it with a skeptical mind. I'm coming to it as I'm hungry for this information and this is why I chose to pick up this book. And I'm really hoping that what's inside of it can help me to make some internal changes. Mm -hmm. So I do want to internalize it. But the reason I said what I did about sometimes they feel like really lofty ideas is because I read like when you reread even that last sentence, I was thinking, okay, who I was many years ago. And I would have gone, yeah, that seems like a really cool thing to say. But somehow I can't see myself being able able to apply that right away. Hmm. And I wonder what it will take for me to get to the point where I can. Oh, I just got this cool idea that just dropped in. And because I approach things from that perspective, and I don't know how to apply it, but I do say, but I'd like to be able to, I wonder how I can. That's what opens my internal door for my inner being, the law of attraction to work on my behalf. To help find a way for me to internalize that and apply
0: hmm. it. Okay. Well, you're I right. love
1: when insight just drops in. <laughs>
0: Apparently, yeah, it drops in in the middle of podcasts and everything. I tell you. <laughs>
1: so it's almost like we had a caller that didn't call in with a telephone. This caller was my inner being that dropped in some new insight for me, and I was just sharing on behalf of um, my inner being. <laughs> well, that that's
0: cool. I mean, I I have been told that uh, since. Where the, the 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 distance, so i speak, between the physical and the non-physical is so small that it's almost non-existent, that we're surrounded by you know the people who have passed on who who care about us, or people who just remain in the non-physical who care about us, and you know we have all this stuff going on here. So I figure that with every podcast, not only do we have our physical listeners, but we have reams of non-physical listeners who are also tuning in too. <laughs> now, I would I'm,
1: agree, and you know. Well, I'd never thought of that perspective, but I would absolutely agree with you.
0: I, I think it's true. Yeah. So this yes. show is apparently everywhere even more popular go, than I thought.
1: <laughs> well, everywhere you go, I, I believe you have a legion of non-physical energies that are supporting your efforts in whatever you do, and so do I. So between us, we got a lot of people that showed up for this, this podcast.
0: Well, I do have one message for the physical beings. The non-physical beings that already do this, they don't need a subscription, but physical beings need a subscription because that's how they get every single episode coming to their smartphones. So if you're among those who have not yet subscribed, do take a moment to go to the homepage of our website, LOAToday.net. The instructions are right below the player on how to subscribe to the podcast. It takes about a minute. It's, real, it's really easy to do. It's free. And then once you do, all the episodes come streaming to your phone as they are produced day by day. And if you run into a problem, just hit the contact button, send us a message, tell us what happened, and we'll help you figure it out. And Wendy, I, I can always count on a quick answer here. How does somebody reach out to you if they want some coaching help?
1: they can go to my website at wendydillard.com.
0: Just that simple. All right. Hey, this has been great. And it's weird to say this on a Thursday, but Wendy, I'll talk to you next Tuesday.
1: That's right, because my new schedule is that I will be doing the podcast with Walt on Tuesdays and Thursdays.
0: Sounds great. So I look forward to talking to you then. And we hope that uh, you'll join us as well next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.
1: Bye-bye for now.